Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? At More to Be, we believe that this is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More to Be, host of the More to Be podcast, and I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. On today's episode, I have my friend and fellow author, Asherita, and you're going to have to say your last name because I always screw it up. So go <laughs> it's ahead. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. So uh, we have Asherita with us, and for those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a bit now, you have heard her before. We've talked uh, on previous seasons around her writing and around motherhood and balancing work and family. And I had the opportunity to meet Asherita at the Illum conference. I think it's like five years ago now. It's been a while. Yeah. Can you believe it? And so in those five years since I met you, uh, there's been a lot happening. You have mm. been, why don't you tell us some of the things just over the last five years that have marked your life? Oh, wow. Um, well, Carissa was born just before that. So she's my six-year-old. And then okay. Amelia is three and Theo is one, almost one and a half. Um, so they are my biggest blessings. Yeah. Um, just such a joy to be their mom. And I'm married to my high school sweetheart. That hasn't changed, but we're coming up on our 10 year anniversary. So that's hard to believe. Um, and then at a loom at that conference where I met you, I was pitching my first book and, um, it's amazing in the last five years, I just, how the Lord has opened doors. Um, I am releasing my fourth book this fall and then the fifth one will come out in January. So five books in, in less than five years. That's just God's grace. It is God's grace because you've also done it while having babies and maintaining your marriage, which is just nothing short of a miracle, right? It's truly him. Yeah. 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 I look at you and I think, how on earth is she doing it? <laughs> and, and then I, but I hate it when people say that to me, because I get that all the time. Like, how do you do it all? I'm like, I don't, there are things that are failing and there, mm-hmm. you know, there are places in my life that are not tended to right now. It's all the laundry that needs to be washed and folded. You would not want to see my floors because just one of those. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 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 The last time I cleaned my floors and took care of the bathrooms. We've, we've been practicing Shabbat in a more intentional Mm -hmm. way in this recent, recent season. And one thing it's been really good for is getting my house in order because the anticipation of taking a total Sabbath for 24 hours and that I want rest in that Sabbath. I don't want to think about the things that I need to be doing Mm -hmm. has caused a greater discipline in me for getting the house cleaned, putting stuff away, taking care of the chores. So Life's had a little bit more order and a little bit more rest. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good. But that doesn't mean that everything is done, which I'm sure is true for you. So I know you have a new book that is releasing October 1st, and we're Mm going to be airing this after that book releases. I would love for you to tell us about that particular book, because I know it's it's a sweet project and maybe more than one way sweet. (laughs) Tell us about it. Yeah. So Bible and breakfast, 31 days with Jesus, 31 mornings with Jesus. Um, But the, the heart of it is really to help us feed our souls while we also feed our bodies. And it really came from the pain point of um, my own 
desire to spend more time in God's word Mm -hmm. and yet feeling like I don't have time because of all the things we had just discussed, right? Um, And so instead of kind of, I, I tend to have this all or nothing mindset. Like if I don't have a full hour to sit down and read the Bible, then what's the point? Like, I'll just wait until I do. Mm -hmm. Um, because anything less than that is somehow, I don't know, cheating God. I, I have a lot of baggage that I'm still working through. Um, so instead I was just, um, a few years ago, I thought, what if, um, I sit down and read the Bible while I eat breakfast and I connect those two habits, which recent, um, neuroscience is showing that we're more likely to stick with new habits. If we make them tiny, if we attach them to a current habit that we're already doing, if we celebrate our progress. And so that was all kind of built into this 31 day Bible and breakfast challenge. Um, and a few years ago on my blog, I invited my friends to join me and we had over a thousand women that first year who jumped in and said, yes, I want to be more intentional and I want to be more consistent in reading my Bible and it just works to connect that with breakfast. So fast forward three years and we now have this book in our hands, which I'm so thrilled because that means anyone can start this habit at any point. Um, You don't have to wait for an official challenge time to roll around. Gotcha. So what is in the book? I mean, what would I, if I was to open a cover right now and look inside, what would I find? Yeah. So the thing that makes this um, unique is that every day for 31 days, I offer readers um, the chance to either grab a spirit, like a scriptural snack on the go, which is just a short devotional um, that really is a low time commitment. Because again, addressing my all or nothing mindset, we don't do that with healthy eating, right? I mean, you know this, if I don't have time to sit down for a full breakfast, I'll still grab a smoothie on my way out the door or, um, you know, some granola or power balls, whatever it is. So we feed our bodies snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we consistently snack on healthy foods throughout the day, mm-hmm. then that amounts to a full meal, but it, we have a hard time thinking about that when it comes to scripture. So yeah. I'm encouraging readers, um, to get away from this all or nothing mindset. So every day there's a scripture snack. If you only have a little bit of time, and then if you have more time, there's what I call feast at the table, which is an inductive Bible study method I've developed. The feast acronym stands for each step of it. So each okay. day you choose um, whether you have a lot of time or just a little bit of time. And that again helps build consistency so that you're doing it regardless. And then each day um, I also share one of my favorite breakfast recipes. Um, because I'm a bit of a foodie. Okay. <laughs> I love my food. Um, and I want to feed myself and my family nutritious meals. Um, and it's easy to get stuck in a rut sometimes yeah. with breakfast food. So yes. 31 different delicious recipes. And then the book also has pictures of me and my kids and my family in the kitchen and around the table. Um, I really wanted to model real life. Uh, mm-hmm. This is what it looks like. Well, I know my son's going to be really happy when I get my hands on this book because <laughs> he has recently said to me, mom, I'm bored with breakfast <laughs> and, and he's been spoiled. I cook breakfast for them just about every single day, at least for the last five years that we've lived in, in this current house away from the boarding school. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not sure what to tell you when you don't want vegetables and you don't want this, you don't want that. It gets pretty boring. So it'll be great mm-hmm. to get some of those creative snacks. So logistically, tell me what does it look like to make this a community table thing 
as opposed to an individual mom, I'm doing my Bible time, I'm having mm-hmm. my breakfast, kids fend for yourself, right. versus like collaborative with the kids around the table. What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, that was one of my frustrations as I was holding on to this um, like formulate quiet time, which meant me by myself yeah. <laughs> with my Bible. And that's just not realistic in the season of life. Um, so like this morning, I had made, there's a recipe for breakfast burritos that we make ahead of time as a family. Um, So I'll spread out 20 or 25 tortillas and like go through and make them and then stick them in the freezer. So this morning I grabbed one of those breakfast burritos. I warmed it up, split it in half for each of the girls. And then I had one. So that was our breakfast. And it's so easy because it's easy to pull out of the freezer and just defrost. And then we sat down at um, our breakfast bar and we're in the gospel of Mark right now. Um, my goal this year was to read through the gospels with my kids. And I thought like, you know, Matthew has 28 chapters. There's more than 28 days in a month. Like we'll get through this super fast. And that's not been the case. (laughs) No, no, no. I know. We're still in Mark. Um, but it's been good because it's causing me to slow down, to, Mm -hmm. um, explain some of the history of that time, to ask questions. Sometimes we'll act it out. Um, Sometimes I'll use props. So we talked about being the salt of the world and I went to the kitchen and I grabbed a salt shaker and I showed them the salt and we felt it. Um, and my kids are young. So some yeah, like yeah. hands-on activities like that are, are helpful for them. But even for me, I can't tell you, Lisa, how rewarding it has been to engage scripture this way mm-hmm. um, with my kids around the table um, and having the back and forth because they ask the best questions. Yeah. And, and those conversations are so rich. Yeah. Um, and that's something we miss out on when we read the Bible individually and we isolate yeah. ourselves from community. So this morning we read um, when Jesus asks his disciples, who do people say that I am? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some say Elijah. And my six-year-old Carissa was like, what? That's so uh-huh. weird. <laughs> but then it led to the revelation of Peter saying, you are the Christ, the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so talking about what does it mean and do we individually believe that? Like, are we ready to say that Jesus is our savior? Um, and you know, that was, I don't know, four verses that we read and yeah. it's all while we're munching breakfast and in between bites and I'm reading with my mouth full cause that's real life. <laughs> yeah. And yet we're forming these memories of sitting down with a Bible mm-hmm. during breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's imperfect, it's messy, yeah. but it's happening. Yeah. And it's something that we can then mull over throughout the day. So when I pick her up from, um, I pick up my three-year-old from preschool, I can ask her about it. Hey, do you remember that? What do you mm-hmm. think about that? And so they become conversations mm-hmm. throughout the day. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't have to be this whole long serious, quiet, inductive time for it to quote unquote count. Yep. It can be a little snack that we then reflect on and meditate on throughout the day with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I'm picturing it. It makes me think when the kids were little, we did keys for kids. Uh, that was a, a devotional that would come once a month in a, in a pamphlet and the kids used mm-hmm. to love it when it came on the first day. And so We did that for years, but then like life happens and routines change and we Mm -hmm. departed from that. And so what I love about what you're describing is that this is, this could be a starting point Mm -hmm. that the 31 days 
like, what do you do after the 31 days? But you're helping create a habit and then the freedom to decide what you're going to do for the next 31 days. And the next 31 days mm -hmm. is there for uh, whether it be a mama with littles or uh, an older woman who has the empty nest, it's come on, let's just let's just get started again on this meeting with Jesus and and getting into His Word. Is that am I getting that as the right takeaway? Yeah, yeah. So the 31 day framework is really just to help build in that habit, so that the, the yeah. tiny habit of it, and then you can build on that. You can add multiple tiny habits throughout the day. So maybe when you're sitting in the carpool line, you have your Bible out and you're reading maybe the same passage that you read that yeah. morning, or maybe you're listening to the audio Bible while you're walking the dog. Yeah. Um, but just kind of thinking intentionally and starting with one, like let's not do 15 things at once. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Start yes. with one habit, one mm -hmm. tiny habit. And mm -hmm. for us, that's Bible and breakfast. And then yeah. once that's established, then you can add multiple touch points. Yeah. But I also wanted to show you this, like, this is what we're doing because you asked what do you do after the 31 days and that's yeah. why we just took the gospels because once we're done with one gospel we move on to the next and what i've been doing in my bible is um i'll mark the date that we're reading i'm going to show you this on video but yeah, just yeah, so you yeah. can see it so i'll mark the date that we're reading in the margins and then i always ask the kids what's one thing we learned about jesus mm in this passage mm -hmm, um, because that's mm -hmm. just a good way to synthesize what we learned what did we learn about jesus and then i'll write the answer in the margins and it's been so fun lisa just over the last nine months to flip through the pages and see all the different things we learned about who jesus is and what he does yeah. but it's also a way of kind of marking our progression so that yes when i get discouraged that it's been two weeks and we're still in mark chapter six yeah <laughs> yeah it's okay like Slowly but surely. The point is not to race through the Bible. Yes. Yes. The point really is to allow the Bible to settle into our souls so yeah. that we can feast on God's word, that we can grow to love him yeah. and know him more. Yeah. Well, and it's good that you describe that at your season and stage of like, you're, you're getting six verses and that's it. But that doesn't actually change very much, at least in my experience. <laughs> so my youngest are now 14. And during this past summer, I felt really convicted that we needed to get back to that Bible reading together, that praying mm -hmm. together, like it, it, we haven't done it. And I said, we're going to read the book of John. And at the time it was pretty much like the beginning to middle of the summer. And I'm like, we can get done by the time the girls leave for college in August. Like, no problem. We've got this. John is not that huge of a book. <laughs> we're at like John 12 still. <laughs> <laughs> And because the reality is when I made the plan, it was every single night we'll mm -hmm. meet at 10. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I said that to somebody they're like 10 o'clock. I'm like, I've got teenagers and young adults. Like 10 o'clock is like the beginning of their day, you know? And, and I'm like, 10 o'clock is a time that I, everybody ideally is in the house at that point for us, at least during the summer. And we could connect with the majority. And now, you know, 10 o'clock, we've moved it to 930 because that's ideally the twins. I want them in bed by 930. Uh, and so we'll try to do nine o'clock, but we're lucky if we hit it three days a week. Mm -hmm. And see, I think the average person would look at that and feel a failure, mm -hmm. and would feel a sense of like, it's not working. I should quit. I could try something new. And I, I don't know. I think it's just a gift of the Holy Spirit in me to say, don't quit. Just keep mm -hmm. on there's grace. The little matters more than the much. 
And so you just keep on, you just keep on, you just keep on. And so we will just keep on. And if it takes a year to get through one book in the Bible, that's more accomplished than having quit and not done anything at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. so I'm so glad you brought that up because I think um, we do, we feel guilty and that makes yeah. us feel ashamed, yep. which makes us then quit. <laughs> yes. Um, but instead, if you think of it, if you, even if it's three out of seven, right, that's not even the majority yes. of the nights, even right. if it's just three out of seven days or nights that you do this, I was doing some quick math over the course of a year, that's over 150 touch points of you yes. and your kids in God's word yes. over four years. Yes. That's hundreds upon hundreds yes. of times and memories that our children will have yes. of us together in God's word. Yeah. And so let's not allow perfection to mm-hmm. steal the joy of progress, yes. of spending time together. Um, yes. And let's not lose sight of why we're doing this, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. to check something off. It's not to gain righteousness before God. Mm -hmm. It's not to impress our kids with how spiritual we are because they see us, they know us, they know our failures, right? Um, So really it's modeling for our children a hunger for God's word. And there was a a recent LifeWay research study that came out that looked at what characteristics um, are common among children who grow up in Christian homes and end up staying in the church. Because um, more and more children who grow up, I think it's like 50% of kids who grow up and graduate within 18 months, they leave the church. So this study looked at those who stay and those who are engaged 10 years later, they're still in the church. Can we go back and kind of see what were some common things in their homes? And the number one factor by far was whether these children were reading God's word in their homes. Fascinating. Now, there is no formula for turning out an adult Christian, right? So I don't want that to be misunderstood in that way. But if there is something that we can do Mm -hmm. um, that will set our children up for a lifetime of hungering for God's word, of seeking his face in the hard times when they're away from home, I want to be all over that, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's so refreshing to think like there's so many to-dos as parents. Like, uh, Christian school versus public school or Christian right. music versus secular music or mission trips or, you know, peers or youth group. There's so many to do's. Yep. But if we can boil it down to one thing that is the highest predictor of health in the long run spiritually, um, that just is so encouraging to me yeah. that, okay, even if it's just three nights a week, yeah. <laughs> we yeah, are that's, doing this. That's better. And, and, you know, it's interesting to me how, with it being only three nights a week or even two nights a week, that there's already a visual picture impressed upon the kid's heart of, mm-hmm. yeah, remember when we used to sit in the living room and do devos at night, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's amazing to me as I've, you know, raising my children with the oldest being 20 now, what they um, take away as a tradition Mm-hmm. Or, or this is what we do as a family. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is not tradition. We did it like one time, <laughs> but, but somehow it impressed upon their memory, the purpose of it or the heart behind mm-hmm. it, or the fact that we were all together and it becomes a tradition. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like, and I, you'll have to have a connection with me in 25 years from now. I'll tell you whether or not it's true, but I feel like it's the things that become traditions that are what they carry into their legacy and into mm-hmm. their family 
and mm-hmm. we'll say, well, I remember when I did this when I was a kid. So how do I reproduce this now? If it's, if it's favorable, of course, like if it's mm-hmm. miserable, they're going to run from it. So I, it, encouraged me, it encourages me to press on and say, it doesn't have to be perfect, but mm-hmm. it does have to be purposed. Yeah. And the purpose is really creating a space for conversation and connection. So we read God's word because we want it to shape us, but we also want to wrestle against it in a safe place. And so mm-hmm. oftentimes I will be the first to say, I just don't understand that. That just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and then they'll be like, what mom? Like, I thought you knew that already. I'm like, no, like this is a point in which my faith is challenged as I read about this situation or that situation. And that gives them the freedom to be able to also say, oh yeah, like I have a hard time with that too. Or sometimes by great surprise, childlike faith, they're like, because this mom and they become the teacher uh, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit in them over me. Mm, that's is, beautiful. Oh, it's just kind of amazing. And each child, and you'll see this with yours if you don't already, they'll be in their own season of spiritual growth. And so I find one of the great challenges is making space for everybody to be in a different place on their journey. Mm-hmm. And so what I have said is the expectation is that you show up because you're part of the family and where you are and how you receive God's word is between you and God. That's good. So that there is like a place to not have it all figured out mm-hmm. and still know that they are loved is kind of what I want for them. I think probably because I'm very influenced by that statistic of what causes these kids to completely walk away from mm-hmm. the church. And you know, reading, um, I've been doing a lot of reading in Peter Cazero's work of emotionally healthy leadership and emotionally healthy spirituality. And one of the things that he highlights is what is the, di- the family dynamic of what we're willing to talk about and give permission mm-hmm. for family members to think differently and act differently. And so I've become very sensitive to that and to make sure that I'm not dominating. This mm-hmm. is the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so important, and I'm grateful I don't have to wrestle with that quite yet. <laughs> oh, well, you'll get there. <laughs> they're still, like, young enough that, yeah, they're they're just starting to develop and to yeah. understand, and they're still, um, there's that childlike faith of, like, okay, if you say so, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but I'm so, I'm so glad you're giving your kids that space where they can question and wrestle and doubt because that was important to me when I, mm. you know, as I was growing up to have a space where I can question and, and recognizing that um, questioning doesn't mean walking away. Right. Um, questioning right. is an important part of a child owning what they yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, you can't truly hold on to it if you mm-hmm. haven't first examined it and looked at it and said, right. do I personally believe this? So yeah. that's so good that you're giving them space to do that while they're still at home with you. Trying. I'm sure I'm doing it imperfectly, but trying. So we're talking a lot about us as moms with kids of different ages and how to incorporate this in. Let, let's kind of talk about it from the perspective of personal as we are our, our children before the Lord. And so how do you find balance and, and time to pull away to be in God's word 
without it always being about you teaching the kids? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, and I think an analogy is helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas our dynamic with Jesus is we're his bride, right? So it's helpful sometimes to think in terms of a marriage relationship. And with my husband, um, we do have date nights maybe twice a month in, in this season of life. And I so look forward to that time where we can get away from the kids um, and just be the two of us and just talk mm-hmm. for yeah. two or three hours. Um, <clears throat> and it's just so good. It can be serious conversations that, you know, they're problems that need to be addressed or we're um, looking forward to the next few months and we need to think through logistics, or it could just be we're walking through a park holding hands and there's companionable silence and I'm just enjoying being with him without mm-hmm. needing to fill the time with the talking. Um, but I'm okay in this season of life that those long date type conversations don't happen every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's not realistic to say I'm going to have an hour or two hours with my husband every day right now. Um, but what we do have every day is we'll have short little check-in points and that's mm-hmm. usually in the evenings. How was the t- your day? What was the highlight of your day? Um, what are you most looking forward to tomorrow? How can I be praying for you? How can I serve you? Um, those maybe last five minutes. Um, and then mm-hmm. throughout the day, we'll text each other. We'll talk about, you know, hey, how was that meeting? Or are you on your lunch break? Do you want to jump on for a quick chat? So throughout the day, we're checking in. At the end of the day, we have a quick little, you know, how's it going? And then every two weeks, we get this longer time to really mm-hmm. just be with each other. And I, I think that rhythm is helpful when we think about in a season of busy motherhood, how do we grow our relationship with Jesus? Um, and so I'm all about those snacks, right? Short little times that we're in God's word, that we're asking questions, you know, what do I learn about Jesus here? Or what is he calling me to do? Touch points throughout the day as you're mm-hmm. continuing that conversation with him, um, thanking him for how something went or, you know, asking for wisdom for something that is to come. And then at the end of the day, just thinking back, um, and, and reflecting, mm-hmm. where did I sense God's presence most strongly today? Where was he drawing me to himself? Where did I maybe turn away from him and I wasn't listening to him? And just having that at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And then maybe every two weeks, you make some time, an hour or two, where you're away from the kids mm-hmm. and you get to just be with him. Sometimes maybe you will have an inductive study and you get to really geek out on the Greek and Hebrew and cross references and all that. Like I'm a, a nerd. So I love doing that when I get mm-hmm. a chance. Um, but other times maybe it's just sitting with God in mm-hmm. silence and being quiet and still before him, or maybe it's putting on worship music and just worshiping mm-hmm. him in the quiet of your home. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a six hour quiet retreat. <laughs> Yeah, it might only be a half hour or an hour every two weeks, but I do encourage moms in busy seasons to look for that space. And practically, excuse me, practically that might be um, when the kids go down for a nap instead of pulling out your phone and scrolling social media or watching Netflix at the end of the day, you choose to dedicate that time to your relationship with Jesus. Or it could be that you ask a girlfriend to watch the kids for a couple hours 
and he does that one week and you do that the other yeah. week and you guys switch mm -hmm. and so you have that space so we can be creative in how we think about um spending time with jesus yeah but it it does require intentionality yeah yeah it's interesting because everything you described totally agree with totally can identify with that in terms of even my relationship with my husband or even a relationship with a good friend where you get these times of together and then these touch points throughout the week. Uh, but I would also say it's just as true for women who are working women, mm -hmm. women who are in different seasons and stages of life and makes me think of two situations. So I traveled with one of my dearest friends. It was the first time that we were actually together because we live in different states across the country. And it was fun to watch her live out her relationship with God when mm. typically it's just like auditory. I mean, we were together for five days. So she is reading through the Bible with her church in a year. And I thought she literally meant like a reading, like open paper book in front of her, especially because she's very, very crafty. So she, she's a Bible journaler. She, she, her Bible is totally embellished with every kind of like washi tape and paint marker you could imagine. But what she meant was she's listening to the Bible audio. So as she was packing up her bag, she's listening to that Bible reading. Mm. As she was putting her makeup on, she's listening to that Bible reading. Like she is choosing to hear from God in an auditory way in kind of the busyness of her life. But that isn't always, there are times that she sits down and she's writing and journaling and, and having those long moments with God. And her life is her children are a little bit older than yours and she's a full-time working mom. So that's how she's, she's made it look. Mm -hmm. um, and then this other situation, I'm flying home from North Carolina and I'm in this seat with these two other women. One was a grandma, one was an older mom of an infant. And, you know, I'm being friendly and all, but you, you try to keep yourself in your own little like seat space. Like, you know, there's that invisible like personal bubble. <laughs> Well, this, this grandma pulls out her iPad and I'm like, ah, she's probably going to play like angry birds or something, you know, like I'm, I'm like totally judging what she's going to do with her iPad. And then like out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, oh my word, that's like the Bible app. And then I'm looking closer and she's reading through second, second Chronicles. And I was like, okay, that's, that's a commitment. Yeah. Right? She, yeah. she, as a grandma has made a commitment. I'm reading through. She's probably on some Bible reading plan because people don't just turn to Second Chronicles <laughs> reading in the middle of a passage, right? And she figured out, okay, I, digitally is is my best option right now rather than a paper Bible. She's got a little baby that she's helping take care of. She's serving her daughter. They've just been traveling. And yet she figured out how on the middle of this plane to fit in hearing from God in terms of reading the word. And it was just incredibly inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to say something to her, but I, you know, I was encroaching on the personal. You don't want to be that way. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not really like a peeping Tom over here on what you're reading, but that's awesome. So I think that the idea of what you're suggesting that developing these habits, and I like the idea of a mindset of snacking and a mindset of touch points throughout the day is relevant to all of us in every season and stage of life mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there will always be an interruption. 
there will always be a job or a responsibility, that, a demand on our bodies that's going to cause us to, to put God in a corner and say, well, that's not legit time. So I, we'll just wait until tomorrow and tomorrow never comes. Yeah. Let me also say there will always be distractions. Um, and I think that's something you know, I'm, I really want to encourage women that they can, they can be creative about how they think about spending time in God's word and they can be consistent if they choose tiny habits, right? Just making it a small habit. Yeah. And within the same breath, I want to say, um, God wants to give us so much more Yeah. and yeah. not out of a place of guilt or legalism or requirement. Um, but he who has will be given more. <laughs> and those of us who um, hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. And God promises that when we ask and when we read his word, when, when his word goes out, it will not come back void. Right. So there's so many promises that we are given that when we seek him, we will find him. If we seek him with all of our heart, I will be found by you, God promises. And yet we don't. Mm-hmm. And it's easy, I think, to look immediately at the de- at just the demands on our time and say, like, realistically, I just don't have time. Yeah. And yet, if we look at our phone usage, it's very sobering how much time yes. we truly have yes. and we choose to put it elsewhere. Yeah. Because we're thinking, oh, you know, two minutes here, three minutes there, it doesn't really add up. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. make that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think our enemy is very skilled in keeping us distracted and feeding us these lies that it, it won't count if it's not a whole lot of time. Yeah. Um, um, but it truly comes down to hunger. Yeah. If we hunger for God's word, we will make it happen. We will yeah. be creative about how it happens, like listening to the audio Bible while you're putting on makeup. Yeah. Um, and I'm just so passionate about that, Lisa, because it's been such a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that the Lord has shown me yeah. way back when, quite a few years ago, he was showing me that I was turning to food and to sugar oh, and yeah, I was full. stuffing myself. Mm-hmm. I was stuffing myself with food and I wasn't able to hunger for God because of that. Yeah. And so he led me to a, a fast, a sugar fast. Um, and since then he's revealed it, there are other things that I turn to and I need to willingly set aside good gifts because yeah. I turn them into idols and yeah. instead seek the giver of those gifts. Yes. And so yeah. I encourage listeners who maybe are listening and they're saying, you know, this all sounds really good, but I don't know if I can make it work. Um, if you don't hunger for God, ask him, Yeah. ask him to put in you a hunger for him. Because at the end of the day, this isn't about like tricks and hacks and ways to yes. like put more Bible into our day. It really comes down to um, asking for a heart transformation. And when yeah. we hunger for God's word, Lisa, we will figure out a way. Figure out um, a way. And it will be beautiful. It yeah. will be um, God honoring. It will transform our hearts and our mm-hmm. affections and our children our spouses, our coworkers, our neighbors will see that and they'll see that there's something different. And that's what will make the gospel attractive to them is when it has truly impacted our hearts. I totally agree. I totally agree. I I was going to go there and say, like, if you don't hunger, ask for it Mm -hmm. because that's a, that's a prayer that God will answer. 
And sometimes I will pray, God, let nothing else satisfy apart from you. Mm, yeah. I find myself praying that for others. Uh, and I really need to be praying that for myself. Like, you mm. know, let, let nothing else satisfy but you, Lord. And then I look at it from the other side too, which is God tells us to be disciplined. He tells us to persevere. Mm -hmm. He tells us to, to basically do the thing that you don't feel like doing. Mm -hmm. And so making um, that commitment of, I'm just going to show up even if I don't feel like it. I am, mm -hmm. we, we take care of our bodies. We feed it. Well, let's feed it the word, even if it's one verse. And then the next day, maybe it's two verses. And the next day, it's like three verses until that becomes the dominant habit instead of the habit of making excuses and, and walking mm -hmm. away from it. Yeah. There's a verse that um, the Lord just really, oh. <laughs> you know how he like puts his finger on something in a, the yeah. most loving way, but it just hurts. It hurts. Um, and Paul is writing, I think so, Timothy, um, maybe Titus. And he says, uh, for the grace of God has appeared to us. And mm. it teaches us to live upright and self-controlled lives in this evil age. Mm. And I thought of that because sometimes we pitch uh, discipline versus grace as if they're yes. in opposition. Yes. And this says, no, God's grace has appeared and yes. it is his grace that compels us yes. to lives of discipline and self-control. It's his grace that calls us yeah. to say no to distractions and to say yes to his word. It's his grace, his yeah. beautiful grace. Yeah. And that just did something to the way I, mm -hmm. I've been thinking about discipline in my eating, discipline in my parenting, discipline in reading mm -hmm. God's word. It's his grace that invites me yeah. to say no to a life that lacks control and to yeah. say yes to discipline because that honors him. That's awesome. So we're coming to the end of our time together, but I had asked you to share with me a particular Bible passage that really meant yeah. something to you. And you, you gave me one out of John 21. And so I'd love for you to kind of just set it up and then read the portions of it that, that you feel are so tied, especially I understand to your book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to set it up, um, the disciples had been with Jesus for three years. They'd been with him day in and day out. And um, he had told them that he had to suffer and be crucified and die and that he would be resurrected, but they didn't quite understand what he meant. And so it kind of took them by surprise when this all went down and um, Jesus dies on the cross. Three days later, he appears in a resurrected body, which they all rejoice over, mm -hmm. but then he's gone. He's not with them anymore. And so they're kind of scrambling, like, okay, what does life look like now? I don't quite understand. So in John chapter 21, um, Peter tells his friends, I'm going to go fishing, <laughs> mm -hmm. which was his former profession. And so I think, you know, in times of discomfort and disorientation, what do we turn to? Yeah. And often it's whatever, it could be comfort food, it could be Again, our shows, yeah. our books, our shopping, relationships, like these are things that we go to when we're right. uncomfortable. And so for Peter, it was fishing. And I'll skip over the first part. They fished all night. 
they caught no fishes as the mm. Sunday school song goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then off the shore in the morning, a man appears on the shore and asks, have you caught anything? And they say, no. And he says, mm -hmm. well, cast the net on the other side. And they do. And they catch so many fish that they can't reel it in. And it's John that it's like light bulb moment. He's like, that's Jesus. Cause it yeah. was a deja vu yeah. moment there. Yeah. They had already experienced a miraculous catch like this. And as soon as Peter hears that it's Jesus, here's what he does. Chapter 21, verse 7. <clears throat> the mm -hmm. disciple, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when mm. Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer clothing around him, for he'd taken it off, and he plunged into the sea. Since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away, the other disciples came to the boat, they dragged the net full of fish, and when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter climbed up, hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. And that, oh, it's just such a beautiful moment. Um, because at this point, as far as we know, Peter had not yet been reconciled with Jesus. Mm. He had denied Jesus three times after his uh, courageous declaration that he would go with Jesus to his death, and he failed three times. And one of the Gospels says that the third time, right before the rooster crowed, Jesus turned and looked at Peter across the courtyard, and they made eye contact. And so at this point, even though Jesus is resurrected and there's that joy, mm -hmm. there's still something that's not quite right between Peter and Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when John says, it's the Lord, Peter's like shoving aside all distractions. He abandons everything else and he heads straight toward Jesus. And when Jesus says, do you have fish? He's the one who's like, yes, I'll go get them. Yeah. He's like, I, I want, are we okay here? Yeah. And Jesus invites them to sit and have breakfast. Mm -hmm. They had been all up all night. They were tired. They were hungry. They had been discouraged because they hadn't caught anything. And Jesus miraculously provides for them. And then he also meets their physical needs. Yeah. And they get to have breakfast made by Jesus, which I don't think I would want to eat fish for breakfast, but if Jesus cooked it, yes. I'm pretty sure it would be the most delicious breakfast ever. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of that um, is Jesus' restoration of Peter. Jesus, after breakfast, takes Peter aside and asks him, do you love me? Three yeah. times, one for each of the denial. And yeah. then he restores Peter to full relationship with himself but also to his identity as the leader of the group and of yeah. this movement that would spread throughout the world. Right. Uh, just such a beautiful personal interaction between Jesus and Peter. And it happens over breakfast. I love it. So I guess that was the inspiration for the title for you. Um, it, it wasn't. It, I had found it afterwards. I'm like, what? Jesus had breakfast with his disciples <laughs> because it's it's such a beautiful tie-in of like you know a breakfast is a meal that we think is a, a human invention right mm. that we're like ah it's what we call the, the start of the day it's the food I mean all the health people are like it's so important to eat your first meal yada 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 but for Jesus to even say come have some breakfast that's that's his human side and he wants to be in this relationship and celebrate the, what they just 
received. Like they just got all these fish, like, come, let's delight in this together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love, I mean, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, you know, if we think of ourselves as, uh, as Jesus's disciples, where do we want to fellowship with him? Well, let's fellowship over breakfast. Let's start the day just not with our family, just not by ourselves, just not with the food, but also with Jesus present uh, in our lives. And that would have freed me to have that concept years and years and years ago because I was never able to get up before my kids got up. I tried and I tried and I tried and I just like my morning sleep and my circadian mm-hmm. rhythm is like a 6:45 7 a.m. girl and I, that is just my thing but the idea that I could meet with Jesus at breakfast that works isn't there so much freedom there's, there's so much freedom in it there really yeah. is there's something there and and maybe there will be women that will be listening to this or men who are like how do I mean eat breakfast well fine then don't eat breakfast but how can you find, you know, Jesus and lunch or Jesus and dinner mm-hmm. or Jesus and your run or Jesus, like, where will you make time for him? And yet at the same time, uh, not just that daily on the go, which is part of life, mm-hmm. but also kind of that pull away time, which I think, you know, if we truly celebrate Sabbath, there's the opportunity when we cease from our work and, and you know, meditate on the word of God and meditate in the presence of God, that that opportunity is before us then. And that may be where we can have a found hour Mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I do want to mention that verse has just become special to me. Come and have breakfast. And I asked um, my designer to develop a lock screen um, oh. that will have that on my phone. So that when I see my phone in the morning, there's just that reminder, come have breakfast. Yeah. Um, and we we're making those lock screens available to listeners and readers as well. So if you want to grab that, you can go to Bibleandbreakfast.com and you'll find, um, just lock screens to remind you to start your day with Jesus end your day with Jesus, whatever that looks like. Um, awesome. let him be the first desire of your heart. So good. So where can they find the book? So the book's available wherever books are sold um, online and in bookstores. Um, And you can also go to Bibleandbreakfast.com. We have links there for international shopping and shipping as well. Um, And all kinds of resources like the lock screens and other ones that um, will just be really helpful to set up that habit of whatever time of day, start tiny, link it to something you already do, and then celebrate your success. So we have worksheets that will help listeners develop their own habit of meeting God in his word each day. That's awesome. Would you do me a favor and pray us out today? With Absolutely. Okay. I'd love to. Thanks. Oh, Jesus, you are so, so good to us. Thank you for graciously pursuing us for seeking us out even when we turn away from you. It is your grace. It is your goodness that calls us to repentance. Thank you that you love us and that um, because of Jesus, we are accepted in the Father's sight. Mm. Lord, thank you for Lisa, for the More to Be listeners, for this community. Um, Lord, thank you for putting within us a desire to seek you, 
And for those who are listening and feel like they don't really hunger for you, they don't really desire you, um, I pray that you would begin a work in their hearts even now. Mm -hmm. Till up the soil of our hearts, uh, pull up by the weeds any distractions, any worries, any um, interruptions to those times that we, we have with you. I pray that your seed would fall on good soil and that it would produce a crop that is a hundredfold in our lives. Mm -hmm. But I pray for our children, that they would see in us a hunger and a thirst for you, that we would model for them what a love of your word looks like, and that in our home they would find safe spaces to wrestle with the realities that they encounter and to bring those to you. Lord, would you help us to uh, be filled with all knowledge of Jesus Christ in his word. May your word become spirit and life to us. And may we be women and men, adults and children and grandparents who radiate the presence of Jesus Christ wherever we go, in our neighborhoods and in our schools and in the grocery stores. Uh, may we be shining lights in the darkness that point to Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad that you spent this time with me today and with yes. our listeners. I think Thank you for having me. Practical, encouraging. Everybody's going to love getting their hands on your book. I can't wait to see it myself when it's in print. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening to the More to Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word during your time with us today. If you'd like to show your support for the ministry of More to Be and our podcast, We'd love for you to become a More To Be Sisterhood Circle member. You'll be blessed with our signature courses and resources while being a blessing to others. To learn more, visit moretobe.com slash podcast for a special link. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.